0: Amen and amen. Well, it's good to see each and every one of you this morning. How are you feeling? How are you feeling behind those masks? Can I hear you out there? Are you out there? I see you. But uh, it is good to be in the Lord's house this morning. And yes, I am without Cain today. And so uh, I'm I'm feeling a lot better today. I'm not quite ready for this motion. But... uh, very very thankful I've been to uh, the chiropractor every day this week and uh, so I'm feeling feeling much better and uh, so thank you to those of you who have called and asked and prayed for me Uh, I do wanna uh, thank all of those of you that came or were able to watch online yesterday as we had uh, the celebration services for Terry King Uh, what a great service we had yesterday And, uh, the folks that were here and folks online of those that were here, there were eight individuals that placed their faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ yesterday. And, uh, amen. And you know, the angels rejoice over one that repents. And so, uh, man, they were having a party in heaven yesterday. And I know Terry would have, uh, been joining right in with them yesterday. And, uh, uh, I can tell you that, uh, Yesterday, her dear son, Kyle, and her husband, Mike, uh, called on the name of the Lord, and I was talking with them a- afterwards, and uh, yeah, she, she, Mike said to me yesterday, he said, she got what she wanted. And uh, so, uh, praise the Lord. I told him, I said, well, you know, uh, we got a baptistry right up there. I'll be happy to baptize him. And, and uh, he joked about how he had been baptized as a kid. And I said, no, 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 we're gonna, we're gonna do it Jesus's way right up there. <laughs> and so uh, we had a great time, but man, thank you guys for being here yesterday. Those that came, you really encouraged me uh, by being here. And then I also wanna say something and I think they might be a way but i want to congratulate a couple of our young men jimmy keen just a couple of weeks ago uh, graduated from the uh, prince william county uh, police academy and then just this week isaac brooks graduated from the prince william uh, county fire uh, department academy i guess i I don't know if i said that right but uh man that was amazing and uh i know that uh, i saw some pictures at grandpa's back there and so uh I know that Grandpappy was really proud of his grandson uh, the other day. I saw him pinning his badge on him and uh, hopefully you did it right, Joe. And, uh, but it was good it was good to, good to see all of those great things. If you have your Bible this morning, we're going to start a new series. I'm very excited about this series the Lord's laid on my heart entitled "That We Can Overcome." So turn with me to Psalm 91 this morning. We can overcome and over the next four weeks, we're going to be talking about the fact that today we'll start with difficulties. We'll talk about the fact that we can overcome difficulties. Next week, we'll be looking in Jeremiah uh, and talking about the fact that we can overcome disappointments. A week after that, we're going to be looking at the book of the Revelation in Revelation 19 and verse 6 and, and surrounding verses about the fact that we can overcome discouragement. And then in the last week, we're going to be looking at how, yes, that we can even overcome depression. And we're going to be studying Psalm 42 and Psalm 43 on that last week. So I encourage you, whether you're here in person or online, to join us for these, uh, these wonderful, encouraging messages. And I pray that that's exactly what they'll be. By the way, one message will not uh, suffice in these topics, but hopefully these will get you encouraged to dig into God's word as a treasure, so to speak, for your life. And so look with me in Psalm 91 this morning. And we're going to begin reading in verse number one. I ask that you follow along with me, whether you're here or at home. And the Bible says that he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God. In him will I trust. A thousand shall fall at thy side, and ten thousand at thy right hand. But it shall not come nigh thee. Only with thine eyes shalt thou behold and see the reward of the wicked. Because thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the Most High, thy habitation, there shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. They shall bear thee up in their hands, lest thou dash thy foot against a stone. Thou shalt tread upon the lion and adder. The young lion and dragon shalt thou trample under feet, because he has set his love upon me. Therefore will I deliver him. I will set on him high, because he hath known my name. He shall call upon me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him with long life. Will I satisfy him and show him my salvation? Let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning. Father, we thank you for this beautiful passage of Scripture. Lord, we thank you in the day and age in which we live that we can be encouraged from your word, that we too can overcome whatever comes our way. Lord, I thank you for the songs that we have sung and the passage of Scripture that we heard read earlier in the prayers that we've been able to offer up and the praises that we've been able to offer up to your throne today. And Lord, I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart today would be acceptable in your sight because, Lord, you are my strength and you are my redeemer. Lord, it is my desire to honor you, to bring you glory. Lord, I pray that if there's somebody in this room, somebody watching that has never called out upon the name of the Lord for the forgiveness of sin, and accepted Christ as their Lord and Savior. Lord, I pray that today would be that day. And Lord, I pray for the one who might be here or watching that's hurting. Someone who's dealing with a mountain, it seems, of difficulty. And they may be asking themselves, they may be crying out to you today, asking you, Lord, how can I overcome? Lord, I pray that you'll speak to their very heart this moment, this morning. And God, that you'll have your will in your way in these next few moments of time. Lord, we praise you. We give you the glory for what you'll do. And we do this in the precious name of our Lord and Savior and for his sake. And the people of God said amen and amen. Well, I just want to start out by uh, giving you a revelation. Difficulties, (laughs) difficulties are a part of life. Everybody agree? Difficulties are a part of life and if you've never faced a difficulty you're probably not being very truthful with yourself. I was reading the other day and it was the late actor uh, some of our senior Saints may remember this name more than some of our younger people but it was the late actor Jimmy Stewart who found himself uh, uh, found a lot of comfort in Psalm 91 back in uh, 1941 uh, when the United States entered World War II. Uh, some of you, if you've ever read the story of the actor Jimmy Stewart, you know that he enlisted in the Army Air Corps. And as he was getting ready to depart for this horrific engagement of war, his, uh, his father, Alex, uh, was there to see his son off and uh, he tried to get the words out of his mouth, what he wanted to say to his son in this very difficult scenario that he was faced with. But he couldn't, he couldn't come to grips with the words that he wanted to say to his son. And, and so he quickly grabbed a piece of paper and he jotted down just a very short letter to his son. And he stuffed it in his pocket thinking, my son, please read this as you're en route. And here's what his dad Alex said to Jimmy. He said, my dear Jim Boy, soon after you read this letter, you will be on your way to the worst sort of difficulty and danger known to man. Jim, I'm banking on the enclosed copy of the 91st Psalm. The thing that overcomes and takes the place of fear and worry is the promise of these words. I'm staking my faith on these words. I feel sure that God will lead you through this mad experience. I can say no more. I only continue to pray. Goodbye, my dear boy. God bless you and keep you. I love you more than I could ever tell you, Dad. As a veteran of the, American, of the Spanish-American War himself, his father, Alex knew the comforting power of Psalm 91 and if you read the rest of the story on Jimmy Stewart you'll know Jimmy Stewart you'll know that he came home a decorated war hero but it was during battles in World War II Jimmy Stewart would later say that he had learned to lean on the words that we find right here in Psalm 91. He said it was the tattered copy of Psalm 91 that his father had given him as he left that he held tight to the promises of his Lord and his God. And he went on to say, especially verses one and two, which speak of God as being his refuge and his fortress. Oh, my friends, every one of us have faced difficulties in some form or fashion. It's just a reality of life, amen? We all face difficulties. And when you go back to the very beginning of God's Word, it's not long after the fall of Adam and Eve. You don't have to read very far in Scripture to see folks within the confines of Scripture facing difficulty after difficulty. I was thinking about Abraham this guy went through some difficult times before he was kind of known as a great man of faith. When you think about his life, immediately after arriving in Canaan, what did he have to face? He had to face a famine. Can you imagine? God promises you a land, he gets to the land, and he has to deal with a famine. Not only did he deal with the famine, the difficulties of a famine, he had a difficult, he had a difficult nephew, didn't he? Anybody know he had a difficult time dealing with Lot? He had the difficulties of war that he had to face. His wife, uh, to be honest, she gave him bad counsel. She led him astray. He obliged, and then uh, the birth of Ishmael comes along, and he had to deal with the difficulties and the sorrow that followed those decisions and those choices. And even when I think about Isaac, Isaac is born, and uh, Abraham's an old man, and, and what does God say? He says, guess what? I want you to sacrifice Isaac. Now I don't care how much faith you have. That was a difficult thing to go up to the top of the mountain and lay his boy out like that. Difficulties, I think about Joseph. Joseph was no stranger to difficulty. His father coddled him, his brothers hated him, sold him as a slave, he was falsely imprisoned and accused. He was forgotten and forsaken for a while. But all through Joseph's life, God used those difficulties in his life, not for his his destruction, But to bring about some great things. And so, what am I saying to you? Sometimes difficulties are used to bring about great things that we have no clues about. I think about others in Scripture from Moses to David and Daniel and Paul, just to name a few, all face difficult situations. And do you know, if you read the stories of these others and, and on and on, there's others, I don't see them complaining. I don't see them complaining about the tough terrain that they had to travel. But they accepted the difficulties of life that came their way. And because of them, they all grew closer to God. Oh, yes, none of us are strangers to difficult times in our lives. Look with me in Psalm 91. Typically, you know, typically when we face difficulties and they're going their worst, What do we do? We feel like quitting. Anybody ever felt like quitting when you face a difficulty? We feel like giving up. uh, But that's not what we find in Scripture. Scripture gives us some great reminders. And a lot of times, uh, I've done this before. Have you ever, you said, God, what are you doing? Why don't you just remove this difficulty from my life? Has anybody ever prayed something like that? Like, God, it would be real easy. It would be much easier if you would just take this thing you know I'm, I can't deal with this. And so, Lord, why don't you just take it and remove it? Have you ever prayed something like that? I know I have. And, and so sometimes we do that. But look at Psalm 91 because God has given us a tender and an intimate picture of his love and of his care and of his protection for his children. And, and if you read this psalm, and I want to encourage you to dig into it this week, and as you read this psalm, you'll notice that it's it's literally written with a confidence. The psalmist is writing this with confidence in the power of God. Obviously, when you read this, you understand that the circumstances then versus now are much different. However, just because they're different doesn't change their promises one bit. In fact, the promise of this psalm, the main promise is that God is our refuge. He is our refuge. He is our shelter or hope, if you please, when the storms and the hardships and the difficulties of life come our way. Look, look at verse one, because verse one offers a solution right off the bat, right out of the gate. Notice it says, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Joe, I was thinking about this as I saw those pictures of you with your grandson the other day. Do you know that Psalm 91.1 has been called the 911 verse of the Bible? Psalm 91.1 has been called the 911 verse of the Bible. When trouble comes our way, typically, and and, and I did this on accident, I'll be real honest. Have you ever dialed 911 on accident? And, and the opera says, hello, what's your emergency? I'm like, uh, I don't, uh, you know? And uh, I, was, I was at an airport, and I thought I was using a courtesy phone. And, and uh, the military, you used to have to dial 9 and then 1. And then if it's long distance, one to get out. So, so the military minded me, I was like, oh, this must be, I need to have to dial a nine and the one kind of like a, a, the old school military phones years ago. And so I hit 911 and I was standing in the airport and the operator came on and says, hello, what is your emergency? I was like, I, I don't have an emergency. I was just trying to get a clean line to call out. Oh, listen, whenever there's an emergency, when we need help, we dial 911. And spiritually, the same is true here. It says, he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And I got some good news for you. Drop down very quickly to verse 15. This, is, this, this won't cost you anything because verse 15 says, he shall call upon me. When you dial 911, so to speak... Notice what the scripture says. It says, he shall call upon me and I will answer him. Isn't that good news? Are you facing the difficulty today? I want to encourage you, dial 911. Because God says, he will call on me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. And we'll get back to that in just a minute. But 9, verses number 9, look at verse number 9. Because verse number 9 actually makes it clear that the psalmist is talking only about God's people here. And I'm going to take that a step further. Verse number one is not a blanket promise for every Christian. Verse number one speaks of the follower who is in close fellowship with the Lord. This is speaking of somebody who is in close fellowship with the Lord. Look at verse number 9. It says, because thou hast made the Lord, and then you can bracket this in your mind, which is my refuge, even the most high, thy habitation. Listen, if the Lord is your habitation, that's kind of like Colossians 3, uh, verse 16, where we let the word of Christ dwell richly inside of us in all wisdom, right? If the Lord is your habitation, that means... He's at home in your heart. You're at home. It's the idea of the the John 15, the idea of abiding in Christ and Christ abiding in you. It speaks of a close, a strong, a strong fellowship. And throughout this psalm, God is saying over and over that he can protect us. He can help us overcome no matter what we face. If you're facing some danger, if you're facing some difficulty today, I want to encourage you. Claim the promises of God's word. You can overcome. We can overcome. Notice the psalmist, he talks about all kind of things. He talks about snares and pestilence and terrors and arrows and and destruction and all these different types of things that we face. But let's notice a few of them together, right? If you're a note taker by the way, this is not an exhaustive list. This is just a few things, a uh, few of the difficulties that I think that we face in life. Notice first of all, difficulties that are unexpected or sudden. Notice this, difficulties that are sudden or unexpected. Look at verse number 3. Look at verse number 3. The Bible says, "Surely he will deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence." But look at the end of verse number 2. Because the end of verse 2, it says, in him will I trust. The psalmist is saying, it's speaking of his trust in God. And so, before God delivers us from these snares, from these pestilence, there has to be a trust in God. We have to be exercising trust. You see, when we walk by faith, when you and I, when we trust that his way is the best way. Say that. His way is the best way. When we trust that His way is the best way, we can be sure. Do you like to be sure of something? Have you ever made a business deal? You want to be sure you're getting a good deal. Have you ever purchased a car? They got all kind of apps now that you can look up and see if you're paying a fair price or if you're getting uh, railroaded, so to speak. We all want to make sure we're getting a good deal. Can I tell you when you trust that God's ways are best, you can be sure of a good deal because he's going to deliver you from these snares and from these pestilences. Look at verse 13. Verse 13 reveals, think back to verse 1. When we dwell in the secret place of the Most High, verse 13 reveals that you and I will actually tread upon the lion. Hold on just a second. We're going to tread upon the lion and adder. The young lion and the dragon shalt thou trample under the feet. The imagery here is a victory. The idea of you and I having victory of the so-called king of the forest and one of the most poisonous serpents. Who's that poisonous snurpet? serpent? Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary as a roaring lion walketh about seeking whom he may devour of the lion there. But in Genesis chapter 3, what was he? He was a serpent, Right? set out to deceive and to destroy and to accuse. And so uh, we can have the victory. We can overcome uh, this most poisonous serpent. See, folks, even though things come our way that may seem sudden, they may seem unexpected, God will be there for us if we are dwelling in the secret place of the Most High and abiding, right? Right? under the Almighty. Verse number four, look at verse number four. Verse number four tells us that he shall cover thee. This is a beautiful picture here. He shall cover thee with his feathers and under his wings shalt thou trust. I love the last part. His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. Folks, for the child of God, Jesus Christ is our shield and our buckler. Let me say it again, maybe you'll get excited. For the child of God, Jesus Christ is our shield and our buckler. God's truth, here's the cool thing. The truth of God's word is personified in Jesus Christ. In John chapter 14, wasn't it John 14, 6, Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. And there's no man that cometh to the Father but by me. And so you see this being played out in scripture. Folks, I put down in my notes that his person, his shed blood, his righteousness, his salvation are all a shield and a buckler for me and for all those who know the Lord as their personal savior. Oh, yes, life happens <laughs> and difficulties come. And it's the crazy thing with life is you get through a season of difficulty and you go, Hew, man, I'm glad I made it through that. And then you turn around and here comes another season of difficulty. Isn't that right? It's like, it, life's like this, right? You're like, "Ooh, man, I'm, I'm headed, I'm sliding down, the, uh, the, taking a sleigh ride now. I'm on the top of the mountain enjoying life. But that sleigh ride brings you right back down into the valley, right? And difficulties come. Oh, but the good news is that Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 8 celebrates the fact that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and today. Forever, some of you know that verse, right? He'll never, verse five of chapter 13, Hebrews 13 reminds us that he'll never leave us nor forsake us. Oh, what a great God we serve. In Psalm 84, in verse number 11, the Bible tells us, for the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. Folks, our God, Get excited today. We could say, hey, this is an encouraging message. He is the giver of all good and perfect gifts. They come from the Father up above with no variableness, neither shadow of turning, James tells us. We could be excited about the fact that even when difficulties come our way and they come suddenly, they come unexpectedly, all I have to do, Joe is dial up 911. Whew. I might do the happy dance, but my doctor would get mad. Second thing I see is also that, and everyone in this room has been affected by this, we deal with difficulties with fear and anxiety. Difficulties with fear and anxiety. Look at verses 5 and 6. The Bible says, thou shall not be afraid. Thou shall not be What what does it mean when it says thou shalt not? It means don't do it. Don't do it. Thou shalt not. You're not going to be afraid. It says thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flieth by day, nor for the pestilence that walketh in darkness, nor for the destruction that wasteth at noonday. Anyone who says they have never dealt with fear isn't being truthful. Many of you know my story, and I've said this many times. When I was a little boy, we were living in Springfield, Virginia, right down here, and I was deathly afraid of the dark. I was so afraid of the dark. Some of you, you remember, I've told you before that when I was laying in bed, I was thinking that if I laid real still, that the, the, the boogeyman, he'd get my brother instead of me. Because my brother, he slept all kind of crazy. But I, I slept like this, and I would turn my feet to the side so that my toes didn't sink. I would lay my head to the side, and sometimes I was so scared. And can I tell you, fear is a terrible thing. I didn't tell my parents. I didn't tell my brother, because if I told my, I'm number four boy. How do you think that's going to go if I tell my older brothers that I'm scared of the dark? They're going to make fun of me even worse. And so I'm laying there and I'm, I'm, I'm a mannequin because I'm afraid, because I'm afraid of something that I didn't need to be afraid of. Oh, well, My friends, Scripture says that we don't need to be afraid. Honestly, if we're abiding with Christ and He is abiding with us, the things that seem to cripple us physically, emotionally, and spiritually, we don't have to be afraid anymore. So what's the first thing you do? You say, I st-. if you're here today, you're watching today, and you say, man, I struggle with fear. I struggle with anxiety. What's the thing that I need to do? Well, number one, you got to determine in your heart and in your mind who you're going to trust. you gotta figure, you got to make that decision, and you can't let the devil talk you out of that decision. you got to say, you know what? You dirty devil, I'm not going to listen to you. You're a liar, and you're a murderer from the beginning, and I'm going to stop listening to you. I'm going to start listening to God. So, you got to determine who you're going to trust. In all thy ways, are you going to trust God or are you going to depend, like I did, on feeble, feeble plans that failed me night after night after night? God's word speaks over and over, and we don't even have time to share all the scriptures. But I guess it's pretty important because God speaks over and over and over about the fact that you and I can overcome fear. In Psalm 27, in verse number 1, the psalmist writes, The Lord is the light, my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Whom shall I be afraid? Isaiah 41, in verse 13, it says, For I, the Lord thy God, will uphold thy right hand, saying unto thee, Fear not. I will help thee. Listen, you can have no greater help than the help of our God. That's good. You can, you can, I, you can call 911 in a physical realm, but I want to encourage you to call 911 in a spiritual realm. He'll do you better. And I'm not saying that 911 and the crew with Joe Beavers aren't going to do you good either. I'm just saying you call 911 spiritually when you're dealing with fear. That iconic passage in Matthew chapter 6, the very end, in in verse number 34, the Bible says, take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. The beginning of this verse is simply saying, do not allow fear and anxiety to dictate your actions. Quit worrying about tomorrow, you know. Listen, Frank Sinatra used to sing that song, Let's forget about tomorrow, let's forget about tomorrow, let's forget about tomorrow, for tomorrow never comes. Some of you know that song. That's what we need to do. We need to walk and live today according to the promises of God's Word Psalm 121 in verses 1 and 2, the psalmist says, I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord which made heaven and earth. Folks, if our Lord made the heaven and earth, do you believe that God created the heaven and the earth? Then do you think he can help us overcome fear and anxiety? See, it was a softer amen on the second question we'll say, oh yeah, he created the heavens and the earth, brother, I love that, yeah. I don't even make a Methodist shout. And I could say that because I come from a Methodist family. But can I tell you that sometimes when we say, do we believe that he can take care of our fear and anxiety? We're kind of timid. Yes, I believe. See, we need to, place our faith and our trust in a God who says, I can help you overcome fear and anxiety. Another one is difficulty surrounding personal attacks. Has anybody here ever been attacked personally? You ever had somebody say something about you? Look at verse number five again. It says, thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night, but look at the last phrase, or nor the arrow that flieth by day. Whether they're justified or not, or whether we even see them coming, sometimes people like to rear back and fire arrows right at us. And the way that we deal with them says a lot about where we are abiding, where we are dwelling. You know, it was David. David knew a little bit about personal attacks, didn't he? (laughs) That boy was on the run all the time. And in Psalm 56, notice what he says. By the way, these first few verses of Psalm 56 are also good if you're struggling with fear and anxiety. Notice what he says. He says, be merciful unto me, O God, for man would swallow me up. He fighting daily oppresseth me. Mine enemies would daily swallow me up, for they be many that fight against me, O Thou Most High. But notice what he says in verse 3. He says, what time I am afraid. What did David know? David knew that his help came from the Lord. He said, I will trust in thee. You see, there it is again when fear comes into play. Faith in God. Faith in God is the answer. This This also works even if the attack, even if the arrow comes from the devil. In Ephesians chapter 6, isn't that what Paul said when he's talking about the armor of God? In Ephesians chapter 6 and verse number 16, notice the Bible, he puts it this way, he says, and above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. He's telling the saints then in Ephesus, and you and I now, that when you and I trust God, when you and I exercise faith in God, it's like a shield, it's like a shield that can extinguish the, the flaming arrows and attacks of even the devil. Oh yes, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what we're facing. It could even be personal attacks that people are saying things, doing things, trying to tear you down. Dial 911 spiritually. 911, oh listen, and the last, last thing that I would think, and by the way, this is not an exhaustive list, but we also deal many times with the difficulties of uh, failing to pay attention. You ever fail to pay attention? Let, let me ask you this. Have you, ever, have you ever been walking and all of a sudden you trip over your own feet? Has anybody, or is that just something I've done? I, I mean, I literally have almost fallen flat on my face, just tripped over my own feet. And this just happens. They, look at verse number 12. The good news is verse number 12 is talking about the angel. It says, they shall bear thee up in their hands lest thou dash thy foot against the stone. The reality is that if you look at verses 7 through 11, God is using supernatural means, his supernatural power, if you please, to protect his children. I think about when Satan, you know, in his second attempt, you know, it starts in Matthew chapter 4 and you get verses 5, 6, and 7 in his second attempt. Uh, attempt there to uh, to trip our Lord up, so to speak. He actually quotes from Psalm ninety-one. He actually talks about this idea that uh, you know the angels will come to the Lord's rescue, lest the Lord would dash his foot against a stone. It's amazing. It, actually, it's ironic to me that the Satan that Satan would actually try to use Psalm ninety-one in his temptation. Of the Lord Jesus Christ, seeing that Psalm 91 actually promises total protection from evil. So the evil one actually quotes Psalm 91 to try and persuade the Son of God to fall down and be in alliance, in in alliance, so to speak, with Him instead of God the Father. Psalm 46, in verse number one, the Bible says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. God's promise of protection does not mean, please hear me, it does not mean that you and I will not face accidents and injuries and illnesses and other storms. It does not say that we will not go through these difficulties in life, but when we are walking in close fellowship with the Lord our God, the Bible is very clear that He will be with us and He will cause as Paul wrote to the church of Rome, he will cause all things to work together for good to them that love God, to them that are the called according to his purpose. In his commentary, Matthew Henry states this. He says, whatever happens, nothing shall hurt the believer. Though trouble and affliction occur, it shall come not for his hurt, but for good. Though for the present, it be not joyous, but grievous. Those who rightly know God will set their love upon him. They by prayer constantly call upon him. His promise, watch this, his promise is that he will in due time deliver the believer out of trouble. By the way, due time is a very important principle. That doesn't mean he's going to do it according to your time. It doesn't mean he's going to do it in this life. But in due time, it says he will deliver the believer out of trouble. And in the meantime, he will be with him in trouble. Regardless, friends, regardless of the physical, emotional, financial, spiritual battles and difficulties that surround us. The Lord is with us. He is our shelter and our defense mechanism. How beautiful a picture is it in verse number 11 and 12 where he talks about that he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways that they shall bear us up in their hands lest we dash our foot against a stone. Oh listen, it's amazing to me when God made salvation available through his son Jesus Christ it was for all eternity that he did that. The angels don't throw us out of God's kingdom. That's not why God created angels. He uses these angels to guard us and to keep us. It's like the Apostle Paul said to the church at Philippi. He said, being confident of this very thing that he which hath begun a good work in you. Who? God began that good work in you through who? His son, Jesus Christ. It says, he will perform it unto, until the day of Jesus Christ. We can be confident that God will see us through. I like what Warren Wiersbe said. Warren Wiersbe said, he said, God doesn't promise to remove difficult stones from our path, but he does promise to make them, watch this, stepping stones and not stumbling blocks. Oh, usually, I said at the outset, sometimes when we face difficulties, we have a tendency to complain We have a tendency to cry out to God. Instead of moving onward and upward, many times we try in our own feeble strength to remove the stone. We say, oh God, this difficulty is a little bit too much for me, so guess what I'm going to do, God? I'm going to sidestep it. And we think that we are the ones in charge instead of God being in the charge. Or here's what we typically do also. We go over and we say, oh man, this is a big bad stone. Let me move it out of the way. God doesn't want you to move it out of the way. He wants you to, by faith, trust that his way is best. So what's the real secret? What's the real secret to overcoming difficulties? Well, it's actually very simple, but it's also very difficult. Is that an oxymoron? I'm going to give you something simple, but it's difficult because we fail to do it many times. It's very simple, the reality is that when we face the difficult seasons of life, we need to remember to quit. Watch this if you're a note taker, mentally or physically, write it down. We need to quit looking at ourselves in the mirror. See what we do when difficulties come, whether they're sudden or unexpected, whether they're fear or anxiety, whether somebody is attacking us personally uh, or or no matter what the difficulty is, typically what we do is we look at ourselves in the mirror and we're like, I'm going out. I'm going to take care of this today. I'll take care of that difficulty. And what we tend, typically do is we fall flat on our face. What we need to do instead of looking at our own self is we need to do what the writer of Hebrews said in Hebrews 12 and verse 2. He said, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Oh, listen, Paul put it this way in Colossians 3 by saying that we need to set our affection on things not on the earth, things above not on the earth, for we are dead and our life is hid in Christ and God. Notice verse number four, he says, when Christ, who is our life? There's a key right there. Is Christ your life? Is Christ your life? Is your life hid in Jesus Christ? Are you setting your affection on things above, As verse number one. He says, when Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye appear with him in glory. In other words, the good news, bad news, is that you and I are not equipped to overcome anything on our own. You and I are not built to overcome difficulties on our own, though we try. Time after time after time, we think, well, this time it'll work. Isn't that the definition of insanity? I'm not the smartest guy or the sharpest tool in the shed, but if I keep doing something over and over and it keeps on reaping the same result, there's there's a common denominator. I'm trying to do things in my own strength and in my own way. Oh, listen, we're not equipped on our own to overcome difficulties. We must be in close fellowship with God because God is the only one who is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we could ever ask or think according to the power that works in us. Oh, my friends, when difficulties come our way, and they will, you say, I'm I'm enjoying a nice little season of rest. I haven't had many difficulties. I would encourage you to wake up 2020 has been fraught with difficulties. Half of us are walking around in masks. It's been fraught with difficulties, right? I want to encourage you this to look to Psalm 91. Dial up 911. Look at the last three verses and we're going to wrap up. Look at verse 14. Oh, man, Psalm 91 provides us a wonderful reminder and plenty of promises along the way. It says, watch this. Now, this is really important, this first phrase. It says, because he has set his love upon me, therefore, watch, the first first part, because he has set his love on me, therefore, I will deliver him. I will set him on high because he hath known my name. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and I will honor him with long life. Will I satisfy him and show him my salvation? Notice all the promises. Guys, put up that slide. Notice all the promises. Here in these three verses, God says, hey, listen, because... You set your love on me, and because you have known my name, he says, look, I'm going to deliver you. I'm going to set you up on high. I'm going to protect you. I'm going to answer you. I'm going to be with you in trouble. And then notice, as if we're hard of hearing, which sometimes we are, aren't we? He says, I'll deliver you again. He comes right back in verse 15. He says, I'm going to do it again. He says, he says, I'll honor you. He says, I'll satisfy you with long life. Now, some of you are thinking, well, hold on. I lost a loved one, and they were 40 years of age. I lost, we just had Terry's funeral, and she was 67 years young. It's not speaking of quantity. He's speaking of quality, a long life, a quality life. And then he says, I will show you my salvation. Oh, there is no other salvation. There is no other name given among men whereby we must be saved. Oh, listen, listen. What a wonderful Savior. Be encouraged, my friends. Because Romans in chapter 8 and verse 35 makes it abundantly clear that nothing, absolutely nothing, can separate us from the love and the protection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. That includes, that includes everything that we are facing right now today. Nothing will separate us. We've had, we had a service yesterday. One of our ladies Passed away, complications of COVID, coronavirus, last month. And we had her service yesterday. Do you know that that did not separate her from the love and the protection of Jesus Christ? In Romans eight thirty five, the Bible says, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded. Look at Paul. This is a dude that faced a lot of difficulty. He said, I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, we can overcome. Oh, it excites me. The sad reality is that it's sometimes been said, maybe even unintentionally, (laughs) that, that in the busyness or difficulties of life, we might strive to survive on our own when in reality what we need the most is to rely on God's protection and the comfort of his presence. FYI, for your information, that's what FYI means. For my information, God's protection and the comfort of his presence are free and available to anyone. You, are you in need of God's protection? Are you, are you looking for some comfort, that that constant presence in your life? Can I tell you that it's free and available to anyone who shall call out upon the name of the Lord? Listen, when we choose to dwell, here it is in a nutshell. When we choose to dwell in the secret place of the Most High, which is what verse 1 says, it's only because, like the psalmist said here in verse 14, that we have set our love on Him. You see, if I've set my love on Him, then I'm going to be in close fellowship with Him. If I'm in close fellowship with Him, then it's going to be a no brainer to dial up 911 spiritually and to dwell in the secret place. Of the Most High. Oh, you see, God promises that He will be faithful to protect us and to deliver us and to give us victory no matter what difficulty comes our way. We only dwell, (laughs) again, we only dwell in that secret place. I was saying this to someone yesterday. We only dwell in that secret place of the Most High when we love Him. And we only love Him, watch this. When we know Him, say, Well, I I don't really know Jesus. Can I tell you that He wants to know you? The Bible makes it very clear that God sent His only Son, right, to die for your sins, for my sins, not to condemn us. Jesus wasn't sent into this world to bring condemnation but that you and I might have life everlasting. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Oh, listen, do you know him? Do you know Jesus today? Do you know that First John in chapter 5 and verse number 4 and 5 is a great reminder for those who, who know him, but it's also a great reminder for those and a great teaching tool for those who don't know Jesus yet. In verse 4 and 5 of that passage, the Bible says this, For whatsoever is born of God, what's that word? Overcometh the world. And this, and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. It's speaking of our trust and our faith. Look at verse 5. Who is he that overcometh the world? But he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. Do you believe that Jesus is the Son of God? Have you trusted Jesus As the Lord and Savior of your life, I finished yesterday's service, as I always do, by simply quoting Romans 10, 13. The Bible makes it very clear. Yes, we could go on all day and talk about how I'm a sinner, my family is sinners, we're all sinners, no one has to convince us of that, and the Bible talks about that there's a wage for that sin, and we could go on and talk about how God proved his love in that Christ died for the ungodly, he died for our sins, and on and on. But Romans ten thirteen makes it really easy. If you don't know Jesus today, you're sitting in this room. Please don't walk out the door without, uh, in prayer, asking the Lord to forgive you and to come into your life. It's really simple because Romans ten thirteen says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. If you're watching and worshiping with us online, listen, you can pray and ask the Lord to forgive you and he will hear you and he will answer you. And he will come in and sup with you. Listen, uh, maybe you need to call out upon the name of the Lord today and trust him as the savior of your life. But maybe you're here and you say, I'm a believer. But pastor, I need some help. I'm dealing with a lot of difficulty. We got family members who are sick. We got this going on. My business is in, in a state of upheaval. My home is not where it needs to be, and I need some help overcoming. Can I tell you simply, you got to make a choice. Who are you going to trust in? If you know Christ, are you abiding in him and he in you? Because, see, if you abide in Christ, then you are going to have the omnipotence, the omnipotent power of Almighty God at your 911 disposal. Oh, you can overcome you can overcome no matter what comes your way. It was Jesus who told his disciples in John 16, These things have I spoken unto you that you might have peace in the world. You shall have tribulation. He was saying you're going to have pressure. You're going to have trouble. You're going to have difficulties that will come your way. But notice he said, but be of good cheer. Jesus said, I have overcome the world. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. 1 John 4, 4. But I want us to close by looking down at our text one time. Look at verse number one. It says, he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Drop down to verse number four. Beautiful picture here. He shall cover thee with his feathers, and under his wings shalt thou trust. His truth, personified in the person of of Jesus Christ, his truth shall be thy shield and thy buckler. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you for the time that we've had to be in your word today. And Lord, it's exciting to be able to be encouraged that no matter what we face, no matter what difficulty comes, that God, that we can, we can dwell in the secret place of the Most High. Lord, in the idea that you will cover us with your feathers, that we will be safe under your shadow, your protection. Lord, I pray for every person in this room, everyone that's watching online those that know the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior. We are not free from difficulty. We are not free from trouble. But Lord, I pray that today uh, this idea of dialing up 911 spiritually would ring true in every heart and every life. God, I pray that believers might step out by faith once again to recommit themselves to you in a way that brings you honor and glory. God, I pray once again that people would be excited about their church, that they would be excited, by the way, it's your church, that they would be excited to worship you, not only online, but in person, not only in person, but online, no matter where we are, that we would worship you in spirit and truth every opportunity we get. Lord, I pray for those that may be sitting here in this room, maybe watching at home, that have never called out upon the name of the Lord for the forgiveness of sin, I pray that if they're here right now at this time, that maybe it would be the desire of their heart to ask for that forgiveness. And if that's you, you're listening, you're watching, and you've never done it, I wanna encourage you, it's not about the words, but it's about the desire of your heart. It's about the, the desire to turn from your sin and ask God to forgive you of that sin and to ask him to come into your life. Maybe you would say a prayer something like this. Dear Jesus, I realize that I'm a sinner. Nobody had to convince me of that. Would you please forgive me of my sin? I may not understand it all, but I believe Jesus that you are the son of God. I believe that you died in my place. And the best I know how at this time and at this place, I'm asking you not only to forgive me of my sin, but I'm accepting you. I'm, I'm going to place my faith in you. I'm going to stop trying to handle all the things on my own, but I'm going to place my faith in you, Lord, as not only my Lord, but as my Savior. Thank you. Thank you for saving my soul. Thank you for, for coming on that mission that the Father sent you on from heaven to redeem me. Help me to live in a way that brings you honor and glory from this day forward. And I'll be careful to give you the praise and the honor and the glory for it. And you, you might end your personal prayer in your heart quietly under yourself. You might end it by saying amen. Thank you so much for listening. If you'd like more information about our ministry, check out our website at battlefieldbaptist.org or follow us on Facebook and Instagram.